Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Fantastic. Great to see you all. How are we all doing today? I think again this side of the room was, was a bit louder. You're feeling good, are you, this side of the room? How about this side of the room? Yeah, they're the, they're the cool ones, but yeah, great, fantastic, well, great to see you all. Um, my name's Dave, and uh, it's my pleasure to bring, share the, the Word of God this morning with, with you all. And uh, if you're a guest here, then a warm welcome to you. We're in part two of a brand new teaching series, which I'll be able to share a bit more about in a few moments. If you're listening on podcast, podcast welcome to you too. Um, so we've started a, a brand new teaching series called Renew. And renew means to give fresh life or strength to something, one of the many uh, meanings. And uh, in this teaching series, we're looking at the, at this time of year, we make news resolutions, don't we? And uh, actually, that's a, it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to reflect, a good thing to, to think about the future. Some people don't do news resolutions anymore because they've made them in the past and they've given up because they always fail, okay? But I believe that the seasons God has given us, it says in Genesis um, chapter 1, that God has given us, given us the seasons and the times and seasons. And what does that mean? It means he's given us t- different seasons, means different things. And the new year is a time to actually take stock, to reflect, to think, and to, think, think, to plan and think ahead. So I think it's a biblical thing to actually do that. And so I encourage us all, whatever you're doing in your walk of life, to take stock, to reflect, and to plan ahead with fresh vigor at this time of, of year. So we see a, a definition here of, of renew, resuming an activity after interruption or to give fresh or life to something. And last week, um, where we're going with this series, we, we read in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 that it says about Jesus, Jesus, Son of God, that from an early age to the age that when he was ministering as an adult, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. What does that mean? He grew in wisdom. He grew mentally. He grew in stature. He grew physically. He grew in favor with God. He grew spiritually. And he grew in favor with men. That He, he grew relationally. And last week, we just looked at the first one of those, which is about um, growing spiritually. And the title of that message was Renewing Your Race. And the simple thought here was God's paths bring success and not distress. And the encouragement last week was to, if we're a Christian here today, to, to seek God's paths, to walk with God, to look at ways of adding things to your life that you can grow spiritually, that in a year's time, you're further on in your walk with God than you were 12 months before. And some ways of doing that was waiting on God, getting the word into us, and, and walking in, in wisdom, knowing what to do. And uh, that was last week. And, uh, before, and this week I'm going to be looking at, at wisdom. But before I continue with that, um, I can't believe that Daniel, we've got three children, those that don't know us, we've got three children, Daniel, Sophie and Isabella, and Daniel is the oldest. And yesterday was his birthday and he turned 19, I mean nine. <laughs> he turned nine. Wow, where are those nine years gone? If you're a parent, give me a wave, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Time flies, especially when you have children, and especially when they're young. They keep us on, the, on, our, heel, t- on our heels? Yes, that's right. 
Yeah. Anyway, I can't speak. Last reason I can't speak is yesterday we said to Daniel, "What do you want to do for your birthday? Do you want to do a party? What do you want to do?" He says, "I would love to go to London." He's never been to London before. He'd love to go to London. So we looked at each other. We looked at our kids. We looked at Isabella, the youngest, and we thought, "No, she's not going to make it." Because <laughs> what does he want to go do in London? He wants to see the sights. He wants to see,、um, you know. Buckingham Palace, Big Ben, all the iconic、uh, monuments—you know—of make up London what it is. Well, not quite all of them because we're only there for, for a day. But anyway, so we thought let's do that. So we gave little Isabella to Leanne's mum to, to to nanny to look after, and that was fun.、Um, she was crying, but yeah, that was it. Anyway, we took so me, Leanne, Daniel, and Sophia. We went on a train. We bought, went on a train because Daniel loves trains. And、uh, we went to Euston, and from there it was just mad. We planned it out on the on the tube stops of what would be quickest, because we wanted to go to Hamley's Toy Store. Anyone been to Hamley's Toy Store? Yeah. We wanted to go to Buckingham Palace to have、uh, tea with the Queen. You know. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm sure we saw it waving out the window, beckoning us in. We thought, no, we haven't got time. <laughs> we then went from there to.、Um, To, uh, to, to, we're going to go to Tower Bridge, but we didn't have time for that. So we went there to see Big Ben, House of Parliament,、um, the London Eye, just to see it, take some snaps.、Um, and then what we wanted to do was go eventually to go to the Natural History Museum because Daniel loves that sort of stuff.、Um, I was tired just even planning it, let alone going and with an alarm clock. Anyway, we went to Hamleys. Who, who's ever been to Hamleys Toy Store in London? It's brilliant, isn't it? Apparently, it's the world's oldest toy store. It was it was built around 1760. So it's you know it's, it's spread over seven store stories, and it's brilliant. And you know they say you can, you don't have to spend a penny. You can literally go around, look at all the toys. There's loads of demonstrations going on, isn't there? Have you seen them demonstrations? And it's wonderful. And obviously, when you see demonstrations, you think, oh, I want one of them. We saw this one、um, uh, demonstration. And have you ever seen something? You think, how does that work? Yeah, said, how does that work? And what he was doing, this guy had this like they call it a UFO. It's called a magic UFO. And so he had this like spinning disc with a UFO. And literally wherever he moved, the UFO went. And it said clearly, no batteries. Which I thought that's great. So if I did want to buy this thing, it, it, you know, I would have to charge anything up or buy new batteries. It'd be cheap. Only cost thirteen pound, which wasn't you know. But I, could, I was trying to work out how he did it all, and he sort of moved his head, and then it went, then it moved towards Leanne, and he brought it back round again. I thought this is amazing. I must get one of these. So I bought a magic UFO. I haven't got it on me today to demonstrate to you. Maybe, maybe I will do one week because I haven't got out the box properly yet to to、um, to look at. But it was wonderful. Then he started to show us how it worked. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. But it was amazing how it worked. It was so simple. Yet, look at. I, I, to be honest, I still don't know fully how it works. He, he, he showed us roughly what you do, but I don't know the the physics behind how it's working. But I will bring it to church service one day and and show you. But it was amazing. But have you in life ever wondered how something works? You got your brain into something, thinking, right, how is that going to work out? Maybe in your life, you're just trying to analyse a problem. It could be trying to build something at home. Who's ever built flat pack furniture? 
And you think, how's that going to work? Especially when his item's missing. I built um, Daniel uh, one of these cabin beds a, a couple of years ago. It took me a whole weekend. <laughs> but every part was there. And I think I only did one thing wrong, which I'm pretty amazed at, really, because I'm not very good at DIY. But you want to get to get your heads around things. How is that going to work? But even our lives, as we think ahead or think about challenges that we face, how is that going to work out? What am I meant to do about that? In our marriages, is that, we're going through some tension. Is that going to really work out? Our kids, we're thinking about maybe issues with our kids. How's that, how are we going to get through that? Are they going to maybe think about the future? Are they going to turn out okay? In our job situations, how am I going to get through this project deadline? Or students, <laughs> many deadlines. How am I going to get through to the end of it? Thinking about the summer, am I really going to get through? How am I meant to act in between? What am I meant to do? And uh, just got this, this thought this morning, which is simply this. Wisdom works inside out. Wisdom works inside out. But what is wisdom? Well, when you look at the Bible, we've got wisdom all over the Bible. In the Old Testament, it looks like wisdom, it, people possessing wisdom. It talks about wisdom with people having a skill or ability, maybe for war or for the arts. But we also see in the, in the, in the Old Testament a sense of wisdom being People know how to make a right judgment. If you don't know, there's a, king, a famous king in the Bible called King Solomon. And in a dream, God asked him, what, what do you want? And he could ask for anything. I want riches and wealth and many wives. <laughs> but he didn't. He asked. Oh, I've never asked that. He asked, he asked for, because I got one and I love my wife. <laughs> I've been trained well. But... Um, King Solomon asked for wisdom. He asked for a discerning heart, an understanding heart, to be able to discern what to do. And as a king, as a ruler, you would knew that. You'd need that to be able to discern different issues. What is the right course of path to act? And then throughout the Old Testament, we see the sense of wisdom being for the individual. How am I meant to act between right and wrong? How am I meant to act in an ethical or moral way? And then it's picked up in the New Testament about wisdom. About wisdom, there's, there's man's wisdom. And we should all be growing in natural wisdom, shouldn't we? How can we do life without natural wisdom? Some people think, well, well God will do it for me. No, God has given you a brain and me a brain. So we've got to walk in natural wisdom. But there's also godly wisdom. And the two go hand in hand. Natural wisdom and godly wisdom. But the thought of today is wisdom works inside out and if wisdom is about knowing how to act I believe that we can all learn some some lessons today about how we can get through the different seasons of our lives and to grow as Jesus did in wisdom so we're gonna if you can turn to your Bibles to Romans chapter 11 and verse 33 I'm gonna go read four verses there and then go into Romans 12 and verses 1 and 2 so we're reading six verses this morning And Romans was written by the, um, the Apostle Paul, who wrote uh, the majority of the, the New Testament. And uh, he's written, writing to Romans. Romans, if you don't know, uh, we've got different types of people in the Bible. We've got Jews, Jewish people, and we've got non-Jews. And the Bible calls the non-Jewish people Gentiles. And so the Romans are not Jewish, therefore they are Gentiles. And Paul is writing to these, these Roman citizens. 
And it says in verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. I'm just going to pause there because what Paul has written just a few previously, he's written the fact that God has called the Jewish people into relationship with him. But the Jewish people at the time couldn't accept that Jesus was their Messiah. So as a result of them rejecting Jesus as a Messiah, it gave way to God being able to start to build a relationship with non-Jewish people called Gentiles. But the reality is, do you not think that God knew that? Do you not think that God knew that at that time, the Israel people, the Jewish people would reject Jesus as Messiah? And therefore, he would give away for the Gentile people, that's you and me if we're not Jewish today, as an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But ultimately, God knows the end from the beginning, doesn't he? And Paul goes on to write the fact that he actually wants Jewish people and Gentile people, non-Jewish people, to have a relationship with, with Jesus, which is amazing. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning in your life. And sometimes we have to go pass through difficult and challenging times to get to the good times or the promises of God for your life. There's the, the bad, the struggles, and there's the, the blessing. And that God doesn't, don't you understand that God knows all of that? God knows all of that, doesn't he? And it says there in verse 33, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Wow. That God's riches of, of wisdom and knowledge are unfathomable, unsearchable. If we, could un, if we could grasp a little bit of God's wisdom and God's knowledge, wouldn't that be amazing? But in that, Paul's writing, the knowledge of God. God is all-knowing. So doesn't God know the end, the beginning from the end? That the Jewish nation would initially reject him, but ultimately Jewish people can find a way to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. But through their rejection, you and I can have a relationship. Isn't that amazing? But God knows the end from the beginning, that's knowledge. But God knows wisdom, which is how to get to the end. God has the knowledge to know where the end lies, but he also has the wisdom to know how to get that. And he knows that for your life too. God knows the challenge you're facing, and he knows where your direction is to go. And if you'll walk with him, he'll tell you how to get there one step at a time. And it goes on to say, the Lord, For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counsellor? Or who has first given to him? And it shall be repaid to him. That's Paul quoting some Old Testament scripture thinking that God's mind is so immense, who can we really possibly know it? For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Wow. God's mind, his knowledge, his wisdom is unfathomable. Unfathomable. Or is it? Because then Paul goes on to write in chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you therefore, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Paul is saying, in mind that God knows everything, and in mind that God knows how to get you from A to B, 
Present your, your bodies. Present yourself. Devote yourself to God. Present yourself to God who loves you. In light of God's mercies, in light that God doesn't want to leave the Jewish nation unsaved, in light that God loves, loves the whole world, he doesn't want to let any of us not have a relationship with him because he wants to give us hope and a purpose in life. In light of all that, that God doesn't want to leave you as you are. He loves you too much to leave you as you are. He wants you to, to, to take that step with him, to grow in him. In light of all that, present yourself. I love that. Because we are not robots. God could have made the, the human race as robots to say, do what I say, and we do it. But what sort of love is that? I love my children, but when they don't do as I told, they're told, and it's, you know, we say again and again, it becomes frustrating. But when they do, and they do the little blessings, like even Seth said today, they say they appreciate you or appreciate what you're doing. It's a real joy to your heart. And so it is to Father God's heart. But God wants us to present ourselves of our own will, our own choosing. God, I choose to present myself to you. Here's me, imperfect, all my failings. Just speak to Leanne. Here I am, imperfect, but I present myself to you to do as you want. But what it says there, which is your reasonable service, Paul is saying, in, in view of the fact that God's mind is infinite, he knows all knowledge, and he knows how to get there, the wisdom to get there. In view of that, think about this yourself. Think about this yourself. And reasonable means logical. Because Sometimes the things of God are actually, there are logic to it. If God loves you, sometimes there's a faith step to be taken. But if God, if someone loved, if someone loved a person, wouldn't you want to trust that person? If someone didn't love a person, you wouldn't want to trust them, would you? But God loves someone. If someone loves someone, you want to trust them. So, which is your logical service. And in verse 2 it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may pr prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And conformed means to be, when, you, when something's conformed, the word that Paul's using there is something is, is molded on the external. It's molded. It becomes a, like something because it's molded by uh, what the mold that it's put in. And too often, people care more about, about the externals of life. Don't we live in a generation where, a narcissistic generation, where we're conscious about how we look, how we're looking on social media, how we're looking to other people. We're so concerned with the externals. I'm not saying taking, because we did a few years ago, taking a, a, a selfie of yourself on London Bridge is a bad thing. Because we're having fun and it's capturing a moment. But God doesn't want us to be so concerned with the externals and what other people think about us. It doesn't work like that with God. God says, don't be conformed to this world and, and the world's value systems. What other people are thinking? But be transformed. Be transformed. Allow yourself to be changed. Allow yourself to be changed. How? By the renewing of your mind. 
As you and I allow ourselves to be changed by, by the renewing of our mind, then we are changed inside out. And do you know what? The outside changes too. But we don't have to be so focused on changing the outside. Whether we're a Christian here today, sometimes we think, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z so I can... And you might have a genuine heart in this. I want to do X, Y, and Z so I can look to be doing the right thing as a Christian. God doesn't care about that because God says, well, start with the inside and the inside will overflow to the outside. Don't look at... Don't worry about the, the, the inside, outside. Look, worry about the inside. And how do we do that? Allow God, through his Holy Spirit, to renew your mind, to renew your thinking. Why? So that you may prove. That means you may test, you may examine, you may understand, you may inspect and prove to be true. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's, it's a bit of a, a contrast here. In one sense, beforehand, Paul says, oh, how unsearchable is God's ways and God's will and God's mind. But here, God is saying, if you allow God to change you inside out by the renewing of your thinking, of your mind, then you can understand what God's will is. You can understand a bit of God's will for your life. Isn't that amazing? But isn't God's will unfathomable? Not through a relationship in Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, then I encourage you, ask God. I encourage you, spend some time before the Lord. God, show me how I am to act, what I am to do. Do you know what? Since becoming a pastor, one of my, my most frequent prayers is, God, give me wisdom. I need to know how I am to act. I need to know what I am to say. I need to know how I am to say it. God, give me wisdom. And you can know. And God is saying, as you ask him for that wisdom, you'll be able to see that God's will is, is beautiful. It's perfect. That God sees the end, the final destination, as it were. But also God has got the roadmap to be able to get there. And that's wisdom. And that's wisdom. So wisdom works inside out. Wisdom works inside out. And God wants you this year to take steps and, and walk, make progress and grow in wisdom this year. But how can you do that? In light of what we have just read, how can you grow in wisdom this year? Well, here's just a, a few thoughts. Walking in wisdom requires, number one, substance, not form. Paul writes in, in the letter to Timothy, he says um, that there, there'll be people who who were more conscious about the form, having a form of godliness, yet denying its power. And that's where you and I are so caught up with the form of things, how things look, where deep down in our hearts, and maybe in your heart, you know that deep down there's an emptiness, that deep down there's a disconnect between where God wants you and where you are now. But the reality is God loves you so much, he can get you from where you are now to where he wants you to be. All taking those steps, step by step. It's a walk. It's a walk. Don't worry about other Christians and well-meaning people that say, oh, you should be doing this, you should be that. What does God want you to do? When we stand before God and we give an account for our lives, have we walked in wisdom? Have we done what God has asked for us to do? Life is so, so short. So short. I think all the time at the moment, life is so short. 
Life is so short. I'm 43. Life is so short. I don't know how many years I've got left, but life is so short. I'm reminded of that for every, every funeral service I take. And I don't know whether I've got 10 years, 20 years, th- I don't know. But am I walking? Am I walking in wisdom? I don't always get it right. But are we walking in wisdom? It's about substance, not form. It's about the inside. Walking in wisdom, secondly, requires surrender. It means, okay, God, if you know best, and if you know that you want me to get over there, I've got to surrender my will. I've got to surrender my life that says, okay, God, I believe that you've got infinite knowledge, you've got infinite wisdom, therefore, give me a download, as it were, of the next step to take me from where I am on the path for my life. I've got to surrender to you. The thing is, I I believe we're a a tripartite being. That means we've got a body, a soul, and a spirit. The spirit is like an inner man. But we've got a, a, a soul, a mind, a will, an emotion. The mind, which is how we think. The will is what we want to do, our desires. And the, the, the emotion is how we feel. And so often we can be led by how we feel. But big health warning. How you feel is not necessarily what God wants. We've got to surrender. And as we surrender our lives to God, say, God, I want to walk in wisdom, then suddenly, actually, you start to feel how God feels for things. You can look around and think, okay, God, how do you feel about that? You start to feel sometimes his pain, his hurt for, for, the, for those people that don't have a relationship with him. You start to feel the joys of, of knowing God. You remember a time when you've been perhaps worshipping and you felt a real peace or calm or joy and, ex, and expressible. The, 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 the feelings in God are amazing. They really are. But they're not driven by our natural feelings and will I, God I choose I choose to follow your path because naturally we don't want to think about Adam and Eve think about how why Jesus came in the first place he came because he had to try and he wanted to make a way for people to have a relationship with God so we've got to surrender ourselves and finally walking in wisdom requires seeing differently it requires Seeing differently. If you allow your mind to be renewed, you will see life differently. You won't see life as a series of, oh, I'm really stressed out, and I'm not decrying being stressed out because I understand the pressures of life. But when the pressures of life come, and they will, and they do, you think, okay, God, you've called me. I am where I am in life. Because I've been following your paths. Help me to overcome this obstacle. What am I meant to do? Give me the download now of the next step I'm meant to do around this. And then listen. See your situation differently. Don't see stress and despair and challenge. But see that God is with you in that stress, that despair and that challenge. And he can help you overcome. He can help you get through. In times when you think, oh God... I've got these different people in my life and how am I going to get through and maybe different influences. Well, let God be your major one influence. See a different perspective. See differently. Get God renew your mind. Renew means to, if you like, have you ever seen the DIY programs where they have a challenge and so they get a big 
team of builders and, and guys in and, and they completely rewire a house and decorate it. It looks amazing, doesn't it? They start from top to bottom. They get out all the old and in with the new. And renewal means to make brand new. It means to a complete renovation. A complete renovation. It means starting all over. And maybe some of you need to start all over in your thinking around certain areas. Maybe you've been brought up in a Christian home or maybe you're, you're brand new to the Christian scene and you don't hopefully have a relationship with God yet. Well, start to see differently. Start to think, okay, God, I believe that you can do something with my life. Or I believe that you've got some paths you want me to take. Show me. Show me. See differently. Believe differently. And God really will. Walking in wisdom requires substance, not form. It requires surrender. And it also requires seeing differently. Because Wisdom works inside out. Wisdom works inside out. Thanks, Leanne. It's not about the form. It's not about the externals. It's all about the inside. I'm going back to that that verse. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. The wisdom and knowledge of God. God's knowledge is infinite. And you and I worry too much about the wrong things, don't we? We worry about how is it going to end out where God knows. God knows already. God sees that destination. God sees it. And we think, well, how am I, what am I meant to do? Wisdom. Well, wisdom comes from God. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That means start respecting God. Start journeying with God. Start asking God. God, here I am. You know the destination. You know the next step. Renew my mind. Let me walk in wisdom. And so God will show you the next step. How will he show you? You'll just get a desire. You'll get a, maybe you'll start chatting with someone, maybe another Christian, and they'll be able to say, say something. You think, oh yeah. And suddenly the light bulb comes on. You might be reading scripture and think, I get it now. I've got to stay put for now because God's got plans for me. Or God opens a door and it comes to you. There's so many ways that God speaks to you and downloads his wisdom to you. The question is, are you listening? And if you're not a Christian here today, the biggest wisdom that I could give to you today is start a relationship with Jesus Christ. The begin, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And you can have a life that leads upwards and winds upwards and you make progress in your life. Maybe I don't know what your life's brought to you to this day so far. But God wants your life to excel in a relationship with Jesus Christ. But it starts with Jesus it finishes in Jesus and when we meet Jesus face to face and we're in heaven and we've, we've, we've walked with God we can live with him forever but what Bible says we can't without a relationship with Jesus Christ it's not good enough coming to church service that's not going to cause you to walk with God you've got to do it for yourself it's not good enough for you to have Christian parents or ancestry it's personal it's an invitation from God Almighty 
the King of Kings, the Father of Fathers. And you say, I accept that invitation. I choose to walk in wisdom. I, we were singing that song earlier. And it's a wonderful song, isn't it? That, that new song that we learned. God, I look to you. God, I look to you. Give me vision to see things like you do. That's a prayer of wisdom. Give me vision to see where I am. Give me vision to see maybe the next step where I'm going. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. Church, God wants your life to make progress this year. Walking step by step. You might sometimes fall over. It's okay, he can pick you up. Step by step, walk with him. Ask him each step of the way. I wonder, just for a few moments, let's stand and sing this song. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.